With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to Crossover Daily, SI's daily NBA podcast. I'm your host, Rohan Nakhran. Today on the show, we'll be discussing the finals and the future of the NBA. Are the Lakers the sign of a new kind of title contender? Do the finals still feel like the finals? And once this season ends, how will the NBA pull off the next one? Joining me will be the New York Times' Soap and Deb. Let's start the show. All right, joining us now on Crossover Daily is a basketball writer for the New York Times, a local New York Daily. Not sure if you guys have heard of that newspaper. Uh, he He's also a Twitter friend of mine. Somehow we've yet to meet in real life. Uh, it's my buddy Sopan Deb. Sopan, how's it going, my man? Thanks so much for having me, man. Uh, no problem. Thank you. I like. How often do we get the chance for two Indian guys to just chop it up, <laughs> talk about NBA think, basketball? I think this is a, a first in the history of of uh, of the medium, of, yeah, of, of world, yeah, of the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? I mean, could you imagine if someone turned on like first take and it was you and I? <laughs> Uh, well, the thing is, no one would no one would turn it on. Is the, That's, is the right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So someone in a control room somewhere would be like, "No, no, this, this is a mistake. We should be." <laughs> yeah, security would get called on us. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, we're taping this on a Wednesday night. It's an off day during the NBA Finals. Uh, the Heat went down three one after what was definitely the best game of the series, Game Four. Uh, Let me start here. I mean, both of us are outside the bubble. Uh, Your general take on the finals so far, are you enjoying the series? Do you find it intriguing? Or or have you, like some people, maybe a little underwhelmed with the process? Well, I I don't want to use the word underwhelmed because what the NBA has pulled off here is fairly remarkable in, in that, you know, they got through, they finished the season, they are they're close to finishing the finals without a single positive, you know, coronavirus test. So 
So underwhelming is not the quite is not the word I would use. Do I do I feel a little bit of a lack of energy, like as a viewer, what, you know, without the fans there? A little. I mean, I can't help. That's just an irrational thing that I feel. Right, right. You know, but I will say, out of all the major sports, football, baseball, uh, uh, basketball, you know. This is the sport where I think I notice the lack of fans the least. Like when I watch a baseball game, it, you can tell there are no fans. No there. doubt. No same doubt. Same for same. You know, same for football. I know it varies from arena to arena, but um. So, but it's the finals where I'm like, oh man, I wish there were fans there. Like when when LeBron and Jimmy Butler are like talking trash to each other, or or you know Anthony Davis, it's a big three. You know, like I wish I wish the, the we could see the fan reactions. You know, at Staples. Or in, or in Miami, I, I wish we could see that, you know, because this is a great series, you know, like the games have been pretty good. Um, well, two of the four games, um, right. but, but uh, so, so underwhelming, you know, is it's the fact that we even gotten this far is a big surprise. That's fair. I think that's fair. You're right. Under, underwhelming is not the right connotation when you consider everything that was put on the line to get here. Uh, I, I want to talk about the bubble stuff at large and in general in a minute. Uh, just a couple more things on the finals. We've talked about this a lot on the podcast and we had a real therapy session last night after the heat lost, just about kind of the strange makeup of this Lakers team. And I, I was thinking about this today. This is really the first team that in their first year is going to win a championship that didn't, didn't really have any kind of institutional knowledge of having been there together. Right? Like, even the 2008 Celtics, they won together in the first year, but Paul Pierce had been there for a long time. You know what I mean? The Lakers don't have that. And it's it's a little yeah. strange. I think it contributes to what's a little off about them. The only guy that's been there for a while is Haslam. Or on and, the Heat, rather. He, yeah. Oh, excuse yeah. me. Frank. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess it's really both teams, if you, if you, right. if you think about it. Right. right. You know, Miami at least has, like, Bam has been there for a couple years, and Gorn and Spo. They're a little bit more Blake. of a blend, yeah. But no, I, I, had, Kuzma's been there. Was this his fourth year? Right. Uh, so Kuzma's the only guy, really. But you know, him and Le- they missed the playoffs every year that he was on the team until this one. Well, this, uh, by the way, to your point, by the way, this is all, also a larger reflection of the league. There's right. Just way more. There's just way more player movement going on. Um, play, you know, players are just are not tied to the laundry as much. Anymore, it's true. You know. And, and that's really what I get. It. Do you do you think that matters? Does that affect your enjoyment at all? Because obviously LeBron is such a singular force that he's going to have fans no matter where he plays. Like he travels with his own economy. Pretty like frankly, does it affect your enjoyment at all that like some teams feel have this mercenary feel that maybe they didn't in the past? Zero uh, percent, and here's why: um, the 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 thing that really shifted my thinking on this was um, the Isaiah Thomas trade from Boston. Mm. Um, Isaiah Thomas, you know, undersized, had to had to scratch and claw for everything in this league. He comes to Boston, and he wears the Boston jersey with, with as much pride as anyone in, in Boston Celtic history. And then he, he, he leads the team on this kind of very, you know, Cinderella run to the Eastern Conference Finals. His, his sister passes away tragically, he comes back, and I think he scores 50 in the next game in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he injures his hip, you know, pretty seriously in that in that playoff run. Decides that he wants to play through it 
anyway because he is that passionate about being a Celtic. Plays through it, injures his hip even more. And how do the Celtics reward him? Okay. He, he, the, the Celtics lose in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, they trade him for Kyrie Irving, who at the time was, the, was a rival point guard. Right. Now, in hindsight, look, no one's going to blame Boston for that trade. At the end of the day, Isaiah Thomas's career really kind of spiraled after that. Right. Right. And, and at the end of the day, Kyrie Irving's a great talent, et cetera, et cetera. You know, but what a cold move that was by Danny Ainge and the Boston Celtics. You know, it goes to show you um, how, uh, you know, how, how much of a business this is before it is anything else. So who am I to blame players from moving um, from team to team? At the end of the day, you know who else are essentially mercenaries? Fans. You know, the minute, a <laughs> yeah. fa- the minute that a player is not on the team anymore, it's out of sight, out of mind. You know, and, and so I, I, you know, I have a lot more sympathy for players, you know, when it comes to this stuff, because because look, when it, when it suits the team, they will trade you. Very rarely do they, you know, these contracts aren't charities. You know, they they give them to you because they think you're providing a value for the team. If they can get a better value somewhere else, they will trade you or cut you. So why shouldn't players do the same? That really is a, a great point, and you know, I've I've been a little skeptical of, of the Lakers supporting cast and just kind of how all these pieces fit together and maybe not buying into the redemption stories as maybe some of other people. And, you know, LeBron himself now on his third team, having left Cleveland twice, despite kind of the, the narrative heft that, that he carried with him whenever he was there. That is a good point. You know, while some people will say LeBron is calculating and he went to LA for XYZ reasons that didn't have to do with basketball you know, the last team he was on, the Miami Heat, uh, before Cleveland, rather, you know, they let Dwayne Wade go. Uh, they've, they've traded some of their great players before. They traded uh, Alonzo Mourning, uh, or let, let Alonzo Mourning go. So, you know, I, I'm with you there. I, I do think that's a, a kind of a fair thing to bring up is even for me personally, someone who's maybe been not enamored with the Lakers, you can't really blame these guys for coming together the way they did uh, when for so long teams have always been willing uh, to make those moves. I mean, Jay Crowder has been a big piece for the Heat. Uh, they acquired him by trading away Justice Winslow, who's one of their lottery picks. So I think that's a fair point that, you know. I mean, it, and, and I mean, speaking of, you know, we're talking about Boston. I mean, Boston got rid of Jay Crowder, too. Right. You know, Jay, Jay Crowder, you know, was a guy who loved being a Celtic, too. You know, um, look, there is some institutionally institutional loyalty that exists for some players. I think you had that with Dallas and Dirk Nowitzki. Mm-hmm. You had that. I think you had that with the Lakers and Kobe. Uh, you know, uh, uh, but it's rare. It's really very rare. And so, um, you know, I I just, does it take away from my enjoyment of watching the teams? No, it doesn't. You know, the trade-off is that the summers, you know, the the NBA off-seasons are way more interesting than other sports. That's the trade-off. And so I, I think I'd rather have that, but it doesn't take away my enjoyment. Would I prefer, you know, for my favorite team that the player, you know, stays and develops and stays 25 years and wins 18 championships with the Boston Celtics? Sure. You know, but, you know, but at the end of the day, like, you know, I think this is also a function of getting older and understanding, like, these athletes, they have, like, the, an average of, like, 6 to 15 years to make, to, to, to capitalize on their earning potential. Who am I as an adult to be like, no, 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 I prefer you do what I want you to do. Of course, you know, of course. For, for, you know, to make, to support your family. Who, who am I to say that? Well, you're bringing a good perspective because on this podcast, I've basically just been 
really going at the Lakers for, for weeks now about how uh, frustrated I am with their roster construction. But you really snapped me into reality here. Well, I mean, let's not. Well, hold on. Let's let me let me let me. You know, that's a different discussion. Right. As to whether, <laughs> right, yeah. whether the Lakers have have, you know, are, are an example of of top team team building and and and, you know, smart trades and great draft picks. And that's how they've ended up with a championship team. That's not what happened here. OK, and, and we shouldn't <laughs> right. we, we shouldn't pretend that that's what happened here. But it goes to show you that there are some teams in the league that have institutional advantages. And one of them is Los Angeles plays in warm weather. You know, they have the film and TV industry there. So you have a best player in LeBron who has his name on dozens, dozens of film and TV projects, you know. So, of course, it was a, a match made, you know. So and then and then, you know, once you have LeBron, yeah, other top players are going to want to come play. So, of course, Anthony Davis forces a trade, uses leverage to only go to Los Angeles. Has the okay. same agent as LeBron. <laughs> has the same agent. So once you are in that ballpark, yeah, it doesn't matter who, who your seventh guy is on the team. It doesn't matter. Who cares at that point? <laughs> Essentially, the Lakers have two top five players. And when you have two top five players, you are going to win the title seven times out of ten. You know, it's like, when was the last time that a, a team with two top five players lost in the finals? And, and injuries notwithstanding. You know, obviously last year's Warriors. I, ironically, ironically, I think it was 2011 because I think that year Wade – and LeBron were still both top five. I think way sure. after that. Well, let, me, I mean, let me rephrase my question. My question would be, when was the last time a team with two top five players never won a title? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. It just, it just doesn't happen. So like, you know, the NBA is a team, a sport where one player plays the majority of the game on both sides of the, both sides of the floor and plays, you know, is one of 10 players. Of course, if you have two of the best <laughs> ones on the floor, you're probably going to win a title. It doesn't matter if, if like, Jordan Bell is your 10th guy or not. You know, it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> a good point. It's a good point. I love it. I, you're right. You're right. I, I appreciate you for first snapping me back into reality and then getting me down the path of Lakers skepticism. Uh, I, I do want to uh, move to, you know, we touched on this a little bit at the start, the bubble in general, right? The NBA pulling this off. The fact that we even have an NBA finals to talk about is kind of miraculous. And I was a huge skeptic, uh, to be honest. Like, I don't, I don't know if I owe the NBA an apology necessarily, but some people would say I do. I, I, I was a skeptic. I didn't think this would work. You find out, first of all, they're playing in Florida, a coronavirus hotbed. Uh, beyond that, you find out they're not really testing everybody. They're testing players. Um, you know, But Disney employees are going to be coming and going. It just felt a little cynical. And then beyond that, you tack on the social justice issues, the, the racial inequality protests going on. This seemed like a tinderbox for terrible things to happen and the fact that they pulled it off is kind of incredible i'm curious were you a skeptic like what were your thoughts headed into all this did you think it was going to work uh i was skeptical that it was going to work but but let's also keep in mind here yes the nba pulled this off okay but let's also consider what was needed to pull this off right you had to essentially take a whole bunch of coaches players staff not including, you know, the Disney workers themselves. And you had to, you know, essentially isolate them for several months at a time away from their friends and family to make this work. Okay. So there's a question of, okay, did you need to do this? Okay. Let's 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 make clear why this why this bubble happened. It was 
Adam Silver, you know, said it was like, you know, I think the society needs sports. Blah, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, they, blah. Had to re- they had to recoup some money. They people. had to get some money out <laughs> yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah. So yes, yes, the NBA pulled this off, but it wasn't like an altruistic act by the NBA. Certainly. Right. You know, this was, they have a TV deal to maintain. They have, they have BRI, a basketball related income to maintain for next year. They have cap implications. So this isn't some altruistic act. So whatever this was, the NBA did it for the NBA's benefit, which is fine. They are a private business and they're allowed to do that. Right, right. Um, um, you know, so, so, but with that being said, was I skeptical they would be able to pull this off? Yeah, I, I really am. Is this a, it, now, what do you do for next season? And that's that's the you know the the cynical voice I have to kind of bring into this because it's like Adam Silver has said that he intends for next season to be at home arenas with maybe some fans, no fans, he, you know, depending on where the testing is at that point. Right now, you're seeing that numbers spike, you know, all over the country right now, and and or beginning to spike. Right, it's obviously not at the highs that we saw in the spring course, and summer, of course. but you're seeing increasing numbers, concerning increases. Um. And, and, and depending on the results of the election, who knows how serious people, you know, take, there's also going to be mask wearing fatigue. So then right now the numbers are not on a downward trend. They're an upward trend, generally speaking. So are, can you, can you convince players to do this over six months as opposed to three months? You know, the, what is remarkable about this is what it took to make this happen, you know? I don't think it's a long-term solution, but I mean, of course the players union is going to have to speak to that, but I, you know, who knows what happens next season. Right. I do wonder if the NBA is a little envious of what NFL and MLB did, which is basically have our normal seasons, but with no fans in the stands, like what sacrifices has the NFL made other than testing players every day and not having fans. Otherwise they're doing practically everything they would normally do. You know, the, I will say, as much as we talk about the NBA doing this for financial reasons, and that's obvious, they did incur a lot of cost to do something like this from, the you know, putting them up in the hotels, the food, the meals. It's not like the NBA can't afford it. It's just their operating costs are, are way higher than what it would normally be uh, for this time of year. Yeah, no, I, that's a very good point. Yeah. But I would say for the NFL scale, but we're, we're just now in the last week seeing cracks, right? Right. Between- Cam Newton in New England between, you know, the Titans. Uh, you have another Patriots player today. I think that uh, the news broke that he brought a tested positive. So uh, either today or yesterday, forgive me if, if, if I'm, my facts are wrong on that, uh-huh. but, um, but you're seeing cracks in the NFL's approach here, right? Like, like the, the Patriots were without their star quarterback on Sunday. So, so I, I honestly, I don't think that, you know, Adam Silver or and the NBA brass wishes they were the NFL or baseball right now. I mean, you had you had, I mean, you have several teams in the MLB that I I don't even think they played their full slate of games. Um, right. Yeah, and I I also on the other hand I will say, even with the the way COVID has impacted things, you haven't heard. I I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the fans of those sports don't even feel like the competition has been compromised. You know, I I don't know if they're envious, but I wonder if if now the NBA looks at it as, well, these guys have almost paved the way for us to do something more normal than we would have done in other circumstances. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's tough to tell, and I I don't think we know. Mm-hmm. I don't think we know exactly what fans are thinking right now because. Oh, I, I just don't, I, I just think that first of all, it's not monolithic. Second of all, we do know that ratings all across the board for 
most sports are pretty much down. It's the it was the summer, you know, so people are out and about. I think it's really hard to judge fan mood right now because and yeah. on top of that, and don't forget this, there is a lot of news. There's a very contentious <laughs> presidential election going on right really? now. Really? Oh, I, I, like I, okay, I, so yeah. like here here's a good example. Like okay, so so Saturday there was an NBA Finals game, and while that is happening. Okay, I believe that is when President Trump was being taken to the hospital for COVID. Okay, if you're like, so this is the most serious th- health threat to a president in what decades? Right. I mean, yeah, I, since Reagan, which, right? Which, yeah. Which, yeah. I, I would, I would be, I would be forgiving of someone if they're like, you know what? I'm going to flip the channel from Mike Breen to Wolf Blitzer. Okay, that makes right. that that kind of makes sense to me. You know what I mean? So there's just a, been a, a huge crush of news that I also think is cutting into interest in in sports right no that's a good point that's a good point i'm I'm, as i'm sure you are i'm very fascinated what they end up trying to do for next season because i don't think another bubble is feasible the the way you hear guys talk about this you know i was just listening to nick nurse on zach lowe's podcast saying when you look back on it you realize you weren't having as much fun as you thought you were you know the way michael malone was talking about it i don't think that teams and players you you heard paul george talk about his mental health struggle would do a bubble again. I just don't think it would work. Uh, I think the NBA seems to be banking. I th- I have to imagine in their heads, they're like, if we wait until February, March, maybe by then there's a test where we can be testing people as they come into the arena. I have to imagine that's, that's what their play is and maybe some kind of limited travel schedule. Because in my mind right now, granted, I never thought the bubble would work, so I'm probably the bad person, the worst person to come right. up with the plan but in my mind short of something like that i don't see how the season works yeah i mean we also don't know i mean there's also a chance that by february uh this the pandemic has receded in a way that it's it's you know the governor start allowing large-scale gatherings you know like um but we just you're right and, and it's just this is one of those things where we live in a world right now where one week feels like one year and so what the world looks like in january we just have no idea we might have a whole new you know uh, uh presidential administration coming in uh the pandemic might be even worse because it's the winter it, it might, might be, be it might be the start of the trump dictatorship yeah, know, we, yeah. just, we just don't know right we just don't know what what the world's gonna look like in january and so and frank by the way and this is and i i think one thing that adam silver really does is he he's very rarely um uh committal like he's very rarely like we're gonna do this right right why he's very much like hey man this is what we're aiming for but who knows if it's gonna happen you know he's very he's he's a much he's much more um restrained i think when it comes to he's he's methodical he's not you know i feel like the the obvious comparison to draw is the nfl at the hard line right they waited until the last minute to come up with any protocols they're like yeah, we're just having our season, whereas I think Adam Silver is, we're going to work with the information as it comes in, and that's going to guide us. And, and you know, don't forget, there are other issues, non-pandemic related, for the NBA to work through. So, for example, look, I, I think there are chances, there's a greater than 50% chance that we, you don't have a full slate of fans coming to arenas next year. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're going to have a hit in ticket gates. So between this year and next year, you know, let's say there are you know, if the NBA makes $8 billion in a year, how many billions of that is NBA, is player salaries? So the and players union and the NBA are going to have to work out 
okay, how do we, what are we going to do if we don't have fans? Because ticket, you know, ticket prices make up for, you know, X amount of how much, um, we make, right, you know, right. how much owners make. And, and that's not me being defending owner. I'm just saying it's a reality that, you know, and, that and looming, this is something they're going to have to work out. Right. And looming over all of this is I think the owners can still terminate the CBA if they want to. And I think a lot of players still expect that to happen. So it's going to be crazy. It's really going to be, and it's almost sad in a way because as, as much of an accomplishment as it was for them to get to this point, unfortunately for them, I, I think the future it's still incredibly, incredibly unclear because I don't think the bubble is happening again. Right, right, uh, right. Um, I, but again, I, I say that <laughs> and I, I'm fully prepared for the the eight-month NBA bubble starting in March. Right, and, Basketball and then, Island. We're taking ferries to Basketball because, Island, because, yeah. You know, maybe what they do is instead of maybe they do two separate bubbles. So maybe right. it's like, We'll do a three-month bubble, month-long break, three-month bubble, playoffs. You know, right. maybe it's something like that. Yeah, who knows? We do, we just don't know right now. Well, if it does happen, you know, I maybe we'll have to do another daily podcast because it sounds uh, insane. <laughs> but uh, I guess we'll have to see. Uh, so, Ben, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us. I feel like there are so many more hours we can talk about possible bubble configurations uh, for next year. So we'll have to have you on the podcast if and when that reality uh, comes true. Absolutely, brother. Thanks so much for having me. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.